All right, here we go. We're good. I was, uh, I was really excited to come back because, like you said, it was uh, one of the very first places I spoke at after uh, I had my colon surgery. I had a uh, tumor in my colon. It turned out to be cancerous, and they cut it out, and, man, I was, it was crazy. Uh, but a couple weeks later, man, I was, I was in here speaking. So uh, it, was, it was awesome, and, and, and Lord willing, it all worked out. But, um, but I tell you what, I love TFA, and I love TFA's heart. Um, TFA reminds me of, uh, of the paratroopers. You guys know what a paratrooper is? You know, they jump in, jump out of planes, go into battle, run past bullets, run into burning buildings to save people. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they do. But their, their motto, their life motto, their team motto is this, so others may live. So others may live. When I look at TFA, not only do I see so others may live, I see so others may live forever. Uh, I see... I see so others may have a backpack for school, so others may have a meal, so others may have people praying for them. So thank you, TFA, for your heart of service. So you don't, you don't see that everywhere you go. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a, such a good, good feeling and, and good to know that they got churches out on the battlefield serving uh, serving our communities and being the church. And I love what they said, you know, uh, it's not the steeple, it's the people. And I love that. And, you know, if when I get opportunities to speak at uh, our church, I always say, hey, look, when church is over, the church leaves the church. I mean, that's just, that's, uh, that should be our entire mindset. And this is practice for the game. And, uh, and we get ready to, we get ready to go. But um, I love this theme all in. Uh, I love it because I think if you do anything, you've got to be all in or you you might as well not do it at all. And so I love that this church and this city and this school system and Paul Bryant High School is going to be all in for this 2016-2017 school year. Um, To be all in, I think you have to do three things, three simple things. I think you have to be focused. You have to be locked in. You have to be focused. You have to have a sense of urgency, and you've got to be committed. If you don't do those three things, well, you're really not all in. You're just a Eh, uh, just a naysayer. You know, uh, we like to call those guys on the football team chicken eaters. You know what I mean? They, they just go to, uh, they come to the pregame meal, dress up, look good on the sidelines, and, you know, they're not all in. But if I do anything, man, I want to be all in. I want to be 100%. And so to be a part of a church this morning that's all in, it fires me up. So the first point is this. Let's be focused on Christ. Matthew six thirty three says this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you as well. To be focused, you're seeking something. You're looking after something. Your mind is on something. So what should our mind be on? Obviously, it should be on Christ. A lot of times, our, mind, our minds are on this world. We, we get distracted by the things of this world. And, you know, it, things just turn us astray. And now, I love football season. Don't get me wrong. I spent, you know, I'm 23 years old. And I'm turning 24 in couple days. I don't even know when my birth. It's coming up soon. It's, it's one day in, in the future. But, um, but I, out of 23 years, I probably played football 16 years of my life. So I love football. But it frustrates me so much to see Alabama fans, Auburn fans, Georgia. I mean, see all these football fans, you know, SEC fans. I don't consider anybody else football, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I've got to speak to JSU tomorrow, their football team. I won't tell them that. Please don't. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, I, I love that we get so excited about it, you know, but, but 
we got to get excited about what really matters. You know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? And I love that you guys get so, so excited about what God is doing. And I have opportunities to speak a lot of places. And I go around, I tell people, hey, you know, Alabama football is great. Trust me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's awesome. Coach Saban is my pastor. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. But, he, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing. But Football is a great game and a terrible God. It really is. It's a great game and a terrible guy. And when I speak places, I tell them this. Alabama football is great. National championships are great. But guess what? Those are going to pass away. Your relationship with Jesus Christ lasts forever. So let's get focused on him. Let's get locked in on our relationship. And let's invest in that. That actually has a better return than the things of this world that, that are going to pass away. So get focused on Christ. Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you as well. Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds, all right? We got to get focused. Too many times, I mean, too many times we get so distracted. We get distracted by the things of this world. I mean, things will be, we'll feel like we have our, our walk with the Lord, you know, going, going great. And then, man, tragedy happens. We get off track, you know. Satan tempts us. Man, we get off track. But we got to stay focused. Why, why do we get off track? Because we're not focused, we got to have our mindset on Christ. And so Colossians 3, 2, set your minds, focus, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Focus on him. Focus on Christ. Because if you don't, if you're not committed to being focused, then it's going to be easy to go astray. It, there's, I mean, you're, that's going to happen. It's inevitable if you're not focused. And Proverbs 4.25 says this, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Straight ahead. You know, you know why those horses have those blinders on them when they're carrying the carriages? So they can look straight ahead so they can stay focused. You know, I mean, I have ADHD, like bad, bad. Medication doesn't even work. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's, when I got to Alabama, that's the first thing they did. They were like, man, we're, prescription you know i mean it doesn't work i mean they it, i mean it's bad but but if you really try your best if you if you really care about it you'll focus on it and you keep your mind and you keep your eyes on what's ahead and you put those blinders on you focus on christ you focus on the plan that he has for you jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you give you hope and a future you focus on that you don't fo- you don't focus on the negativity you don't focus on what satan's trying to tear you when satan's trying to tear you apart no you focus on him you focus on what he's doing and he and you'll be committed, and you won't run astray. So stay focused. And I like to call it gazelle focus. You know what a gazelle is? Anybody know what a gazelle is? All right. Native to Africa. You're not going to see them running around in Alabama. If you do, let me know. We'll probably go try to hunt them. I mean, I think we try to hunt everything here. But, um, but they are native to Africa, and they are, their predator is the cheetah. All right. Anyone know how fast a cheetah can run? fast, right? 70, 75 miles, up to speeds of 75 miles an hour. So the cheetah, I mean, I, I don't know what his 40 is. I mean, I, I mean, I bet it's, I bet it's incredible. So, but he, he, he can run in a straight line, 75 miles an hour. And so when they go hunting, when the cheetahs go hunting, they're hunting gazelles. But who do you think out of those, out of those hunts, gets more wins. I guess that's the way I look at it. Who, who wins more, the gazelle? I mean, the gazelle's not fighting back. The gazelle's running away. Who wins more, the cheetah? Because the gazelle can't run 75 miles an hour. It can probably run 40 or 50. Probably not, probably 30. So, but 
he, he can run about 30, and the cheetah can run 75. If, if you're a betting man, who are you going to bet on? The cheetah or the gazelle? The gazelle. The gazelle. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be the cheetah, right? You know what I'm saying? But for this analogy, it's, it's, it's the gazelle. It's the gazelle. And so, but, yeah, all odds are on the cheetah side. But, you know, you're going you're gonna to bet on the gazelle. Why? Because here's, here's the deal. The gazelle wins more times than not. Because the gazelle gets focused when tragedy happens, when a distraction happens. He knows this, that the cheetah's limited ability is running in a straight line. So the gazelle is going to run sideways. The gazelle is going to run here and there. He's going to take advantage of the cheetah's limited ability. And the cheetah can't catch him. The cheetah can't catch him when he's going side to side. So here's the deal. Satan has a limited ability against us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. I'll flip to it real quick. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as, such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not, here, listen to this, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with, the temp, but, but with temptation will also make the way of escape. You've got the limited ability right here for Satan. You have an escape. You're, you're right to left. The same deal for the gazelle is that's, your, that's the, Satan's limited ability, that you may be able to bear it. So when tragedy comes in your life, when temptation comes in your life, know this. You're, you're not overcome. You're not overtaken. Satan has a limited ability. And you need to get locked in and focused on that and know that. And, hey, let's get gazelle focused. Let's know this, that, hey, the predator's coming. John 10.10, 10, the thief, being Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. All right? He's coming to kill, steal, and destroy you. Know that. Being a Christian is not all great and wonderful all the time. It's not. Now, trust me, I, I, I love Jesus. I have a relationship with him. But guess what? Life gets hard. Life is not always easy. So we have to know this, that guess what? Like the gazelle, the predator's coming. The predator's coming. But here's the deal. The latter part of that verse in John 10, 10 says, you know, I have come, Jesus Christ. I have come that you may have life and life to the full, life more abundantly. And so, so let's be focused. To be all in, we've got to be focused on Christ. Let's focus on him each and every day. Make him your priority, all right? You know, he, he, he made you his priority 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross for you. You know, you weren't just something in the back of his mind. He was, you were his priority, and you're his priority every single day. So be focused on him. Make him a priority in your life. Second thing is this. You have to have a sense of urgency about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 1 says this. Therefore, I urge you, I urge you, all right, now, when Paul's talking here, he's not talking about, eh, you might want to do this. You know what I mean? And he's saying, you know, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Have a sense of urgency about your relationship with Christ. Have a sense of urgency about your lost friends who don't have a relationship with Christ. I mean, you know, and... December, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor. Japanese bombed us, all right? Killed more than 2,300 Americans. It destroyed the USS Arizona, and it capsized the USS Oklahoma, all right? It was, it was a tragic event. 
Now, when any kind of terrorist attack like that happens or tragedy like that happens in the United States or a threat comes in like that, back then there was two signals you could mark. You could either mark day-to-day or urgent. So when the threat came in about Pearl Harbor, the guy said, ah, it's day-to-day. It's day-to-day. Well, losing 2,300 Americans is not day-to-day. There's nothing day-to-day about that. It was urgent. It was urgent. So the signal that went in day-to-day, I, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. Well, here's the deal. Don't Pearl Harbor your relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't Pearl Harbor your life. Don't Pearl, students, don't Pearl Harbor this school year. Here's the deal. Don't let your campus change you. You go change your campus, all right? Because here's the deal. You, this world is just ready to tear you down. Tear you down. Ready to Pearl Harbor you. Know that each day, each day you have to have a sense of urgency about your relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to have a sense of urgency about spending time in God's word. Have a sense of urgency about spending time in prayer with him. All right? Because, hey, fellas, I know how it is. I, I guarantee you when you get out of practice, you have a sense of urgency about calling that girl. Calling that girl when you get done with practice, right? Let her know how good you did at practice. Passing out waters and stuff. You did really good, you know? But, I'm just kidding. But, I'm just kidding. I'm sure you guys are all five stars, you know what I mean? Rivals.com. It's all good. But, uh, but here's the deal. Have a sense of urgency about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on. Have a sense of urgency. What's important to you, Okay. What's important? Now, I, I'm a guy that, that loved football and had an opportunity to play at Bama. I had an opportunity to go other places, but I wanted to play at Alabama. I had an opportunity to go to Auburn, and I just didn't want to be a loser, you know. But uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. My girlfriend, my girl, she's not here today. She's soon to be fiance soon. Uh, so, yeah, I know, stepping up, being a man. Um, but, uh, but she, you know, she went to Auburn, and uh uh, but she transferred. She got saved and came to Alabama. So, um, I'm, gosh, I'm not a, I love the I mean, I love the SEC. It's so, so fun. But, but here's the deal. I'm a guy that, that was able to be a part of it, be in the mix, win championships, and, and you know what? Get on a plane the next day and just feel empty. Like, all of that for this? I mean, it was great. That hour and a half, you got to hold up the crystal ball, and, you know, that was wonderful. You get back on the plane and Coach Saban, we go to work in 48 hours. On the ne- you don't even get to celebrate it. And so it's, you know, it, what, what's important to you? And I'm here to tell you that football, here today, going tomorrow, man, you find out you got a tumor in your colon, they go and cut you open, take a foot and a half out. Football's done. It's done. So what's important to you? What's important to you? See, I had a lot of people, it's, it, all this stuff that, you know, has happened over time. The reason a book happened is not because of me. Because here's the deal. I, I was selfish. I mean, I, I wanted to, you know, just focus on football and all this. And I was mad at God when all this happened. I was frustrated. But football was, you know, it's like one of my really good friends, Lacey Gano. He's, he's a major in the Air Force. And um, if anyone's here and is in our military, thank you so much for your service. If you're a policeman, fireman, um, EMS, thank you so much for your service. But he, um, he is, uh, he's been in the Air Force 15 years, going on 16 years. And, you know, he gave me a call and said, look, Taylor, I mean, because I was down. I mean, I'd, I had worked up to this point and was going into my senior year and was just, you know, 
excited about the opportunity. I had one of the best opportunities and was blessed to even be where I was because I, you know, I just, God had favor on me to be there. And he said, Taylor, guess what? This is not a career-ending injury. This is a career-starting injury. And I didn't understand what he was saying at the time. But because of all that happened, you know, I always look back to Romans eight twenty-eight: for Christ works all things to the good of those who love him. And through, you know, having cancer, losing football, you know, there never would have been a book. There never would be speaking opportunities. There never would be any of that. And through the book and through speaking opportunities, eternal, eternal value happened. People came to know Christ. And guess what? That's more important to me than converting an Auburn fan over to Alabama because, you know, it, it's, that, that stuff lasts forever. And so let's have, let's have a sense of urgency about our relationship with Jesus Christ. The last thing is this, guys. We've got to be committed to Christ, all right? Um, you know, we got too many half-hearted people. I mean, I'll just be honest. We, if we've, we just, we're not committed anymore. We're not committed to anything. You know, you try something and huh, I don't work out. Well, I'm done. I'm quitting. I mean, come on. Get committed. Be committed to your schoolwork. Be committed to practice. Be committed to what you sign up to do. All right? Because here's the deal. In, in the real game of life, you can't just go into work one day and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm done. Well, you can, but you won't have a job. You know I mean? That's just, that's part of it. And so you've got to be committed. You got to be committed. You got to be committed to Christ. All right. You know, on Facebook, you know, you get in a relationship, you know, it says in a relationship or it's complicated or confused. I don't know. You see all this stuff. There's like 20 options now. I mean, it, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff on there. But, you know, here's the deal we're not in a confused or complicated relationship with Jesus Christ. We're called to be in a committed relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? And guess what? If you're, if you're a Christian in here, people should know you're a Christian more than just by your status or your, your, your posts on Facebook, okay? They should know it by the way you live your life each and every day, okay? Because if they don't, I mean, you guys are talking about this morning. Action speaks so much louder than words. So be committed. Romans 12.1 it talks about living sacrifice. Always requires commitment. All right, if you have your Bible, flip with me. Mark 10, 17 through 27. I'll give you a second to get there. One. I'm just kidding, but here we go. All right, 17 says this. Now, this is about the rich young ruler. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, all right, get this. Then Jesus, looking at, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Hey, this rich young ruler wasn't ready to commit. You know, I believe Jesus was calling him to sell his possessions, but hey, he's calling him to sell out to him. He's calling him to be the very best that he can be 
for him. And, and guess what? Taking up your cross every day requires sacrifice. You know, I know we make t-shirts and stuff out of the cross, but guess what? That's a torture device. Was used to kill and torture thousands and millions of people. So, you know, our relationship with Jesus Christ requires commitment, requires us to sell out to him. You know, my relationship with Christ, um, I got saved when I was eight years old, and I praise God for that moment um, in time. But, you know, I wasn't committed until I was about 14. And April 1st, 2007 was a day that I was rubber meets the road, man. You're going to be committed or not. You're either going to get off the train or you're going to stay on. I mean, that's just, that's kind of where, where I was. And, you know, it was, it was a, a day that defined me for the rest of my life. And I've got some friends here from Centerville, uh, the Suttles, and, and, and they know this story. But um, it was, like I said, it was April 1st, 2007. Went to church like we are today. Went to Sunday school and went to what we call big church we're in big church right now, right? So we are in big church. So I went to big church, sat by my brothers, TJ and Trent. Um, and TJ went to a birthday party. Trent went to a friend's house to ride four-wheelers, have a good time. And I went home. I guess I didn't have any friends. I wonder why. But, um, but I was at home hanging out with mom and dad. Such a cool kid. But, um, but I was hanging out there. And I uh, started getting these phone calls, started getting these text messages saying, hey, what's going on with Trent? What's wrong? What's he done? Now, Trent and I, you're a part of the time, and, um, and we played every sport together, you know, football, baseball, basketball. We played it. You got siblings in here? Anybody got siblings in here? You ever fight with your siblings? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Trent and I used to knock each other out all the time. I mean, just haymakers, man. It wasn't no little sissy jabs. No, we were swinging for the fences if we made each other mad. So, you know, we'd knock each other out. But um, so when I was getting these text messages asking me, you know, what's going on with Trent? What's wrong? What's he done? Got some concern, obviously. Thought he may have punched the kid out down the street and didn't know what he had done. Um, But I remember walking in the kitchen and my mom asking me to take the trash out. And so I did. And the friend's parents of the house that he was at came driving up and said, where's your dad? And I said, he's at a deacon's meeting. He'll be back shortly. And so they drove off. I didn't think anything of it. Walked back inside, started talking with my mom. And uh, Miss Jan Lowry was there um, because she, she knew what was about to happen. And then a couple minutes later, you know, the deacons came driving up carrying my dad. My dad had tears in his eyes. Never seen my dad cry before in my life. I said, what's wrong? He said, Trent's dead. Trent's been killed. So what happened after they got through fishing, hopped on a four-wheeler, went across the road, got hit by an SUV, killed him instantly, just like that. And so when something, you know, when a distraction comes, when Satan tries to knock you off course, you know, what do you do? Well, you get focused. You get focused. Now, I wasn't focused the first day because here's the deal. When adversity and pain and tragedy like that happens, if anyone's ever lost anyone in here, which I'm sure there's people in here that's so close to you, it's like a bomb going off, man. Shrapnel everywhere. Everything's blurry. You really don't know what's going on. Hundreds of people came to the house that night. I don't really remember all the people that came, um, but it's just just a weird Weird day, and uh, that stuff's not supposed to happen, you know. Hear about it on the news, but when it happens to you, man, reality really does set in. But the next day is where I'd have to make a choice, all right? I'd have to make a choice because I'm at a crossroad. I'm at a crossroad right now, and the next day I'm at a crossroad. 
I was in my room, mad, frustrated, confused, man. I was just like, what in the world is going on? This isn't real, is what I kept telling myself. This can't be real. You want to go to sleep, wake up, and it not be real. But you, you kept waking up, and it was, it was real, as real as it could get. So I was in my room. I said, you know what, God? I'm done playing this game. I'm done going through routines. I'm done just going to church. I'm ready to sell out to you. I'm ready to be the best I can be for you. No matter what I do, whether it's football, whether it's relationships, school, whatever, it's yours. It's yours. Lord, I'm committed. And guys, I'll tell you from this day, from that day on, yeah, times have been hard. And yes, I have fallen because guess what? I am a fallen creature. I mean, I am, I am, uh, I have, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And you know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hey, guess what? I'm in that category, and quite frankly, everyone in this room is. And I'm, I'm not pointing fingers, but hey, join the club. We are, we're all in there. But here's the deal. There's another category. There's another category. It's, it's sinners, and then there's sinners saved by the grace of God. You know what? And, and that's where I was, and you know what? There can also be another category. The committed. The committed. You know why the Marines have that commercial, the few, the proud, the Marines? Because only so few can be so committed. So few can be so committed. Where are you at this morning? Hey, I, I'm, I'm not a guy that sugarcoats things. Man, I, I, I get to the point and try to get real with you. All right, because I love each and every one of you enough to be real. Okay, we got too much fake stuff going on, and you can't even take a picture anymore without twenty filters, making sure you look good on Instagram, kids. You know what you know what I'm talking about. But it's it's it, we live in a fake world. It's time to step up and be real. We need people who are going to be all in. We need teachers who are all in. We need superintendents who are all in. We need pastors who are all in. Okay. And hey, being here today, I see, I, see, I see a superintendent that's all in. I see a pastor and a student pastor who are movers and shakers in this community. I see teachers who are ready to step up and be bold men and women of God. And I see students who are ready to go change their campus. Because guess what? There's a point in every you know, little boy's life and little girl's life where the little boy and the little girl got to sit down and the man and woman got to stand up. And guess what? I'm not just speaking to the 18-year-olds in here. I'm speaking to the 40, 50-year-olds too. Let's stop playing games. Let's get real. Let's, let's be all in. Let's be all in. Let's sell out this morning. Don't let this just be another day, another day at church. I'll tell you this. If I wasn't a Christian, church would be boring. I promise you. If I didn't love Jesus with all my heart, now not here. I mean, I'm pumped here, fired up. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm telling you. But, but I'm telling you, if, if, I, if I wasn't a Christian, why would I waste an hour? What's different about you? There's a lot different about you guys. People come in here and they feel loved. It's not just church. Church is just a building. You guys are being the church. You know, when the Bible talks about churches, it talks about cities. You know, cities. You know, this, this church is focused on this part of the city. And they're ready to serve the city. And I think this is a great church. If you don't have a church home, man, right here. But if you do have a church home, you're just visiting here today, thank you for showing up to support these people, support these administrators. My mom and dad, teachers for 30 years. Dad going on 30, 
536. I don't know. He's been there a while. But he's, yeah, so he's been there. He's committed. He's committed those students. And so thank you so much for the sacrifices you make. Um, guys, let's be all in. Let's get focused. Let's have a sense of urgency. And let's be committed. I'm going to ask Pastor Charles to come up and he's going to lead you guys in invitation as he does. Hey, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as he's leading this invitation, don't waste another minute. Thankfully, my brother knew Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And praise God for that. But if you don't this morning, hey, guess what? Reality. Hey, you know, you, you go to churches sometimes, you go to Christian events, and the, the speaker tries to scare you, telling you about someone died and going to hell. Well, here's the deal. I'm telling you about someone who died who went to heaven, and I don't want to tell you about someone who died and went to hell. So guess what? You got an opportunity. Opportunity. Every day you got opportunity. Well, this morning you have an opportunity. An opportunity if God's knocking on your heart's door to let him in. To let him in. He died for you individually and he died for all of us as a whole. And guess what, church? When one of them comes to you, this, when they come up this morning, hey, don't, don't look at them weird. Welcome them with open arms. Welcome. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And um, God, I thank you so much for this church and their pastor and their student pastor and the guests that are here uh, today. God, let's be real. Help us to be all in. If there's someone today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, may today be their day. We love you. In your holy impression, name we pray. Amen.